0: Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Happy Fourth of July! Yes, I love the Fourth of July. I don't know how you are with the Fourth of July. I love the Fourth of July. I have fun memories of growing up and celebrating uh, the Fourth. I don't, I don't know how you uh, celebrate the fourth and everything that this day represents, but um, I've grown up and then my family does the fish fry, big fish fry on uh, the Fourth of July. We got all the everything: fried fish, hush puppies. Come on, somebody, feel the glory right now! Come on, and grits and pink beans and everything—the whole deal—and then we do homemade ice cream, right? And I love my favorite is banana homemade banana ice cream. Come, you cannot touch that. It is so good. So I'm gonna to get to enjoy that later on uh, today. So I don't know how you celebrate, whether that's hot dogs or hamburgers. Right after service, we're gonna have uh, some hot dogs and hamburgers uh, right next door. You're welcome to stay and be a part of that. We're gonna have all that available uh, next door, just a super chill uh, kind of thing, just to hang out and celebrate together. But that's all gonna be next door. Um, after service, uh, but I, I also remember just growing up shooting off fireworks uh, with my cousins, like, like uh, you know, getting in a little bit of trouble. Uh, it, it never failed. I was the one that got burned every year. Uh, you know, grabbed the wrong end of a sparkler, and I'm passing that on to my kids now because it seems like, you know, at least Aiden is always getting burned with something. Uh, so he was like, no, no more. I'm a fire. I'm not get burned. Uh, but I was the one. I always got burned with something. But we were mischievous. We were always trying to do silly stuff. You know, take a bottle rocket instead of putting it in something, we were throwing them in the air and just watching what direction it would go. You know, putting M80s under wheelbarrows, see how high they would blow up. Come on, you know, anybody? I'm the only one. Come on, I know we're in Turkey Creek. We got a bunch of rednecks around right here. We, I know y'all like that blow stuff up. Come on. It, it was funny. Behind my grandmother's top, there's some the railroad tracks, and then there's this little tiny bar on the one side. Like I don't, I don't even know how it's still around. Me. It's just a little rinky thing, like it looks like you would get coronavirus in it or a bunch of other things maybe i don't know but i, I just don't understand why i said it's always <laughs> been there it's been there since i can remember and uh and there was this one year they were shooting off fireworks there and it's pretty close to my grandmother's house and it like came over in the yard and we're like, oh hang hey, no. on. no you're not gonna shoot fireworks over here so we shot fireworks back at them and it was this kind of thing back and forth um, so those, those are my fourth of july memories uh, maybe you have. Some special ones that you have uh, over the years However you celebrate Our country's independence Man, I am thankful For the freedom that we have in our country I'm thankful for those that have fought And still continue to fight this day To protect those freedoms But most importantly, I am thankful For the freedom that we have through Jesus Christ Anybody, you as well give them a break This morning, because there is no freedom There's no freedom Like the freedom that we have Through Jesus, through his death and his resurrection. Earthly freedom is good, but it's imperfect and it's fleeting. The freedom that is found through Jesus is perfect and it's eternal. And that's the freedom that we celebrate here and now today. Turn to Galatians chapter 5 as we talk about freedom today. True freedom. And What that really is for us, as a church, as Christians, as those who believe, and for maybe those—maybe you're not a believer yet. Maybe you have not accepted Christ today, and, and, and maybe today you can experience that freedom for yourself. Galatians chapter five—we'll we'll bounce around through that. but we're going to start uh, in verse one here in just a few moments. You cannot be free without restrictions, right? It doesn't make sense. It's like, well, but we're free, right? No. Cannot be free without restrictions. Think about it. God, when He created Adam and Eve, He put them in the garden, and they were free to eat everything in the garden except what the one tree, right? The, the, that was that was actually freedom. There was boundaries, and like we we need boundaries, right? And and that actually caused them to live free, even though there was that one exception. They got to eat everything else, right? And there's other things in this world that God has set in place for us so that we can truly enjoy freedom. For instance, sex inside of marriage is awesome. I only heard one amen. That's crazy. Maybe we need to have another sermon series on marriage or something. I don't know. But sex inside of marriage—it's awesome. It's amazing. But outside of marriage, it is complicated. Because that's not the way that God designed it for us. Listen, a fish is not free to roam the jungle. It's not made for it. A lion was not made to live in the ocean. It's not made for it. Freedom having the benefits given to you that you were created to receive, but freedom doesn't mean there are no boundaries, right? right? Yeah, I, I know we have the freedom of speech, but we shouldn't say everything that comes across our mind. Amen. I get we have certain rights, and we, we have a right to do certain things, but we shouldn't do everything, right? That's not why we have the freedom that we were given, that's not what the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and limits and all this, that's not why it was given to us just so we can do whatever we want, Right? There there are restrictions that truly make freedom free. Freedom means that within the right boundaries, you can maximize your potential. Paul, he's talking to the Galatian church. He writes this letter to them, and, and he begins this letter in Galatians 5, starting in verse 1. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Jesus died. He shed his blood. He suffered. He rose again so that you can be free. So that you can live. So that you can live the life that God has called you to live. So you can be everything that God has called us to be. So we can live free from sin, death, hell, and the grave. Amen? So be free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we got to stand firm. Someone say stand firm. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your freedom. True freedom. A freedom like no other. God, may we not just shout about it. May we not just celebrate it. But, Lord, may we learn to live it every single day. And if there's those here today that need to experience your freedom, Father, I pray that you would speak through the power of your Holy Spirit to them. Draw them to you. As you've done to so many of us before, God. Draw us to you by your Holy Spirit. Nothing else. Just you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. To be free. You have to let go to be free. You have to let go. There's this Hyundai commercial that's going on now. Hyundai car commercial. It's got some of the the Marvel characters in it. Maybe you've seen it, but there's one one line that they say. It says, "If you're living on borrowed time, you have to do. You have to give it back, right? Hey, why do we say heads up if we really mean up? When they're throwing all these things out. And I just, I thought of that when I thought about this, this line that God gave me like, To be free, you have to let go. Well, hold on. If I'm free, I should. No, to be free, we've got to let go. Right? In this church, this Galatian church, it was filled with Jews that had given their life to Christ, right? And it was filled with those who were non Jews. We know them as Gentiles. And it's this mixture of different people, uh, different backgrounds, different things going on. And so there was there was many that were still trying to hold on to the traditional Jewish ways, a lot of the legalistic uh, uh, rituals and um, and traditions and things of religious uh, stuff, and, and, and they were trying to push some of them onto the Galatian or the, the Gentiles, Excuse me, they were trying to push some of that on them as a means of salvation. Right? In and of themselves, they weren't bad. It was just they were considering those to mean you're accepting Christ now in your life. But Christ came and just said no. Just it's just me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? And, and Paul was trying to tell them, listen, those things have no value. Like they, they were really pushing circumcision. Really pushing. And, and, and if you read ahead in, in chapter 5, uh, Paul kind of unpacks that a little bit. They were really pushing that to the Gentiles. Like, man, you've got to get circumcised if you really want to, you really want to have faith. And Paul's like, no, those things don't save you, it's Jesus. We don't have to earn our salvation. All we have to do is surrender. Jesus paid it all, amen? It's only Jesus. There's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. It's only freedom in Christ. So Paul's saying, let go of that legalism. Let go of that religion. Let go of those those things and just accept Jesus. Man, I I was praying last night for you guys. I was praying for this service. And and I just began to pray and, and, and open my mouth and I just said, you know what, God? Let it not be about a good sound. Let it not be about good worship. Let it not be about a good sermon or anything else. Let it just be you, Jesus. We miss the mark so many times because we're looking to everything else instead of Jesus. And he's the only one. He's the only way. He's the only thing that brings us true freedom. Don't miss it, church. Don't miss it because we're looking somewhere else. It's only Jesus. And Paul is telling us, church, it's only Jesus. You don't have to do that stuff anymore. It's only Jesus. He is the way, the truth. And uh, uh, Some people live their life like a hamster, right? Because right? it's not just religious things that we need to let go. There's other things in our life that have gotten in our way and kept us from experiencing true freedom. There's some things that maybe we carry in our life, whether we've allowed it to or not. You know, you know Some of it is just burdens that we carry. And sometimes that blocks us from experiencing. Uh, sometimes it's things that we do on our own because we really want to do them. And, 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 and we sin and we, we make mistakes and we do these things because we truly, really want to do that. And we miss Jesus and we don't get even experience his true freedom. And so many of us, we're, we're like hamsters. A, a hamster looks outside the glass of his cage and, and he sees freedom. So he's... Tries to run for it, right? So he gets on that wheel, and his little legs are turning, and that wheel is running, right? Trying to get that freedom. But he soon realized, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm just running on this wheel. So he runs faster, and an hour later, he is still in the same spot. Many of you in this room, you've been trying to break the same habit for years and years. Many of us, we, every New Year's, we try to make the same New Year's resolutions year after year after year, only to find later on that year, in December, we're in the same spot still. Why? We're using the wrong method. When we're trapped, we can't change things ourselves. The only way for the hamster to find freedom is if the owner reaches in, grabs the hamster, and pulls him out. If something bigger than that hamster comes in, in the middle of this situation. And for us, that's the same thing. We, we need someone bigger than ourselves. We, we need someone outside. of We need God to come in and rescue us. So whatever you might be carrying today, whether it's a burden, whether it's a problem, whether it's some sin and some things in your life that need to get out of your life, whatever that is, you just let God take it. And to give freedom, you've got to let go. Let go of that thing today, whatever it is. Because trying to get out of a cage situation will not work with our own human efforts. Salvation is a free gift given to us, bought and paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ. His death and his resurrection. There is only freedom in Jesus. So let go. Whatever it is today, let go. Let go. Whatever is keeping you from freedom, let go. Let go. But if that's sin, let go of it. If it's an old way of thinking, let go of it. If it's, an of thinking, go of it. If it's an old way of thinking, let go. And let God have it today. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works said, so that no one can boast. It's all about Jesus. We can't earn it. We will deserve it. But he gives it freely to us anyway. So why? So that we can live. And not just live this life on this earth, but so that we can live to be the people he is calling us to be. It's all about heaven. So Paul says, "Listen, stand firm. Stand firm. Don't go back. Don't go back. It's hard to drive a car if you're if you're looking in the rearview mirror the whole time. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to crash. That's the same way in our life. If we're constantly looking back on what we used to have or what we used to be, and, and all that, you know, it's tempting to go back sometimes. You now we got to stand firm." We got to fight. We got to fight in faith, and, and through prayer, and, and through living in the Holy Spirit, and we got to move forward. To everything that God has for us. Listen, I can't go back. I, I can't go. I don't want to go back. Come on, someone say that and say, "I am not going back today." You need to declare. You need to live that. I am not going back. I'm not going back to addiction. I'm not going back to depression. I'm not going back to suicidal uh, thoughts and, and tendencies. I, I'm not going back to anxiety and bitterness. I'm not going back. I don't know where you're at today, Maybe Maybe that's you. And you're like, man, I'm done. I'm tired. I, I'm not going back. Guess what? Back is, is death. Back is, back is miserable. Back is chained up. Back is bound up. It's, it's unfulfilling. I don't want to go back after everything that Jesus has done. And we're going to sit there and look back. No. No. May we not look back, but may we stand firm. What are we going to stand firm in? we got to stand firm in God's word, why? Because that's His best for you. That's His best for you and who He's calling you to be. Where we got to stand firm? We've got to stand firm in God's promises, right? we got to stand firm in His promises because they are true. Listen, there's some people's promises I don't hold much pot to. I don't hold on to the government's promises. I can't hold on to culture's promises. But we can hold on to God's promises, His truth his word and that's where we need to stand firm and we need to learn to stand firm in his spirit Paul goes on to talk in, in verse 13 he says you are called to be free you are called to be free you are called to live free to be free through him so guess what be free you're called to live free Jesus has made a way Many of us, just because we're saved by grace and forgiven, we think, oh, you know, well, it's just one time or it's just one thing, you know. And Jesus understands what I'm going through, so he'll, he'll forgive me. You no, know, man, that cheapens grace. And that spits that, in the face of, of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who died for us. No, Paul's answer to proper freedom in Christ and not knowing that is walking in the Spirit in order to keep us from falling to our fleshly desires. He says this in verse 16 of chapter 5 so I say walk by the spirit and you won't gratify the desires of your flesh so walk in the spirit so you won't fall in your flesh walk in the spirit so you won't fall in the I mean, we gotta learn how to live under the influence many of us may be living under some kind of influence we have gotta learn how to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit his leading and his guiding in our life taking each moment in life every single day not just on every single day to live life under the influence of the Holy Spirit and His control and that would give us victory over our flesh we can do this by making a conscious effort every day to pray, to open God's word that's how you walk in the spirit that's how you, that's how you stop feeding on your flesh and you stop feeding those desires you start feeding the spirit I open in this Bible some of you might need to dust the Bible off a little bit. Get it off the shelf. Maybe you don't even know where it is. Let's get in God's Word. Let's get it in us. So then we can walk the way he's calling us. It, it, it might be some moments that, that kind of get us sidetracked. Because listen, it's great we come in, we experience God. He moves. But then someone's going to try to Jesus in you the rest of the week, right? And, the, and, and Ryan and the team are going to be there behind you. And, and, and you, we got to be able to pray through those moments. We've got to be able to walk in the spirit in those moments so that we don't give into our flesh and tell someone off, right? There are moments we've got to learn to pray through. I'm not just talking about praying through when there's chaos in our life. I'm not talking about praying through when everything seems to be going wrong. I'm talking about praying through all the time. We're called to live free. Live in his spirit. And we do that through his word. We do that through praying Even when we make decisions, walking, living in the Spirit, so we don't gratify the desires of our flesh. Verse 17, but the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. There's this internal war that's going on inside of you between what you, your flesh, really wants to do, and what God wants to do through His Holy Spirit. Because these two are opposed, there are clear indicators of what's more prominent in your life, Paul lifts it out right for us, right here in just a few moments. We'll we'll see that. But there's this war going on inside of us. It's like two magnets. I believe we got one video clip. There's no audio. It's just it's an illustration for you. But but certain magnets, uh, they'll have uh, different ends on them, and and, and they can actually sometimes attract but sometimes repel each other and so we see these these are different ends of of a particular magnet and it's repelling uh, each other and that's what happens between our flesh and the spirit they're repelling each other the flesh wants to do what it wants to do the Holy Spirit wants to do and, and there's this war they're repelling each other and there's this struggle going on inside us and the only way to get freedom is Jesus that's the only way to fight that struggle you are free. You are free to live. You are free to live and you are free of sin. One gives life, one leads to death. The freedom we receive through Jesus is freedom from sin. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is what? Is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Right? So we're free from that sin. We're free from death and we're free to life. We're free to live by the Spirit. To do what? To do God's will. That's really the point of it, to do God's will. So, so, so as I pray, not my will be done, but yours, as it is in heaven, right? I'm praying, God, I need your will. I need your Holy Spirit to lead and, and guide me. And so, so you can tell there's, this, there's this, this list of things that Paul lays out for us to see really what's going on inside of us. It's, it's a heart check for us. There's a list attributed to the flesh, and it shows indicators that our life is not really yielded to the Holy Spirit. And he lists it out in verses 19 through 21 in chapter 5. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, prince of rage, substance ambitions, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Very clear, very plain. These are indicators that there's these things in our life. This indicates that we are not yielding our life to the Holy Spirit. We are not living according to the Holy Spirit. We are not walking in the Spirit. We are walking in the flesh. And then he lists out some some, uh, indicators that you are walking through the Spirit in verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be conce- conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So these are attributes to show. This, this, this fruit of the Holy Spirit It's to show, man, there's, there's something going on inside of you that's different. These are indicators that you are yielding your life to the Holy Spirit. The flesh works after we partake in, in fleshly desires. And those are the fruit of the desires that I just read out in Scripture that Paul wrote. The fruit of the Spirit includes many love-based actions. Look at, look at what is at the root of the Holy Spirit. What's the root of your fruit? Look, look at that. Look, look, if you read out all those things that, that Paul lists out as, as sin and, and things that, that, that are against God's way, right? The root of that sin is selfishness. It's wanting to gratify my flesh. It's, wanting, it's, wanting, it's all about me wanting to gratify you know, myself, right? But the root of the Spirit is love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's good. All these things actually are attributes of who God is. This, this is the character of God that we're seeing. Later. That's why it is fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's God working in us and through us. And that's how we fight our flesh. What is the root of your fruit today? And if you can look at that, and if you can self-examine it for just a few moments, and you can see, hey, hold on, man, there's some things I need to work on. There's some things I need to... Sur- I'm not living in true freedom, because these things, these things don't line up. Worship team, you, you guys can come up. Our bodies communicate with us in many different ways, right? On, they do a good job of revealing issues in, in, in our life and in our body, right? When we eat the wrong things, like it, it becomes evident. Like we're, we're about after service, we're about to eat a lot of the wrong things, and then we'll pray later, okay? But but we're about to eat a lot of wrong things. I'm about to go down on some hamburgers, hot dogs, and then later on, we're going to have some fried fish, like you know. But but our bodies later on will reveal, hey, listen, you shouldn't hate all that stuff in more ways than one. It will reveal those things later on down the road. Maybe some extra pounds and some heartburn or something creep in when we we feel sick, when we get chills, when we get body aches, we get uh, different different things, muscle aches, fever these indicate there's a sickness trying to come on us, right? So in a similar way, the works of the flesh are indicators in our life that that we are out of step, we are out of order, we are out of mind from what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life and wants to do, what God is wanting to do walking in the spirit, it involves direction it involves dependency and it involves dedication. When we walk, we do so because we're headed in a certain direction, right? Like we're not we're not walking in place. I'm not doing the running man. I can't do it right now. And we're not just staying in place. I'm not on a treadmill. Just saying, no, no. When we walk, we're trying to go somewhere, right? I don't know about you. But I'm trying to go somewhere. I know God has a plan for my life. He's got a plan for your life. He's trying to get us to go somewhere. How many of us will walking in a place? Or maybe we're walking backwards. Maybe okay. we're not walking at all. But walking requires to same step after step because we're moving in a particular direction. Now I'm trying to get closer. to God. I'm trying to get uh, to things that God wants to do, and I can't go back. I'm trying to go forward. So when we walk, we put one foot in front of the other. One foot. So, so we've got direction, I'm trying to go somewhere. And I'm trying to to try to- I'm gonna lean all my weight on the next leg and then push off and move forward. That's dependency. See, I need mean God. See, I can't stand alone. I need mean God. I need mean God to help me move. I'm gonna, I'm gonna depend on Him for everything. That's what He created us to do. Is to depend on Him for everything. So I got direction, God's got a plan and purpose for me, He's got something, He's got work I need to do. Then I need to depend on him to carry that out. Otherwise, I'm going to fall. Why? Because I'm going to give in to what I want to do instead of what he wants to do. So we put one foot in the front of the other. Put weight on the next leg. It's dependency. Proverbs 3 5, one of my favorite verses. Lean down on your own understanding, but on your ways, acknowledge him. And I depend on him. And then when we walk, we're tempted to go somewhere. So we have to do what? We have to take continuous steps. Continuous. Moving forward, not moving back not standing still forward. One step is not walking. Continuous steps are you have to keep stepping, you have to keep taking steps in order to go somewhere and that is dedication. See, I, I don't want just a little dab in God's presence here. Many of us we come in and we just dip our toes in a little bit sometimes. And I want an overflow. I don't know what you came in to, to, to receive from God on a Sunday. I know it's July 4th and many of us about how dogs already, but, but man, I came in for an I came in for more because I God, that we serve is more than enough. He's not a little down to do you God. He is more than enough. I don't want just to dip my toes in you. I want more. I don't know who you are today, but you need more. So I need more. I need to keep praying. Come on, sometimes that one prayer, it may not be enough. You gotta keep pressing in, you gotta keep going direction, dependence, and dedication are necessary in our spiritual walk. So if we live in the Spirit, we're also going to make sure that we are walking in the Spirit. That means actively obeying the Holy Spirit's promptings. There's going to be some times where maybe we're turning on the TV and something comes up and it's like, well, you we get that check. And you're just like, well, my bad. that's not for me. You need to learn to read that prompting and say, no, turn it There may be some things your kids are trying to try and watch. And you need to you know, that Holy Spirit is one thing to say, you know what? No, not in my house. There's going to be some times when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, maybe pray for someone, or to just call and check up on someone. We've got to be able to follow those promptings. That's also living in the Holy Spirit. But oftentimes it can be easy to be stagnant, stale, and not following those promptings and not following the Holy Spirit. There's things that happen in our life that drain us. And instead of leaning into God in those moments, whether it's where we're struggling, struggling in our marriage, our, our finances, or, or just in life in general, there's times that we want to give in and we want to give up. And those are the times that we need to press into God even more. Those are the times that we need to, the, the Spirit of empowerment even more. Twice. Walking displays the idea of constant and consistent moving forward, no matter what. It might be an inch at a time. And believe it's moving forward. Come on, we gotta push, we gotta move forward. We're standing still. And be able to do that, be able to move forward, we gotta make conscious efforts to pursue a life surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we just have such full plates, we're so busy, we have so much responsibility, and then when hardship comes, exhaustion takes over, it's just faith. It affects our faith walk with God. When we walk in the Spirit, Paul said in verse 16, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's a promise that is given. He said, if you will walk in the Spirit, if you will live in the Spirit, if you will do what is necessary to do that, guess what? You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's a promise. We've got to actively seek to walk in the Spirit. You can't live by the Spirit, though, if you just fill up on Sunday if you're just filling up on Sunday morning Because the band is here And you got someone that's, that's speaking and teaching And that, that Sunday's the only time you're filling up You cannot live by the Spirit The rest of the week Why? Because Monday's coming Why? Because the week is coming You're going to be around people You're going to experience life We can't expect just to, to Get by on Sundays out boring. God wants us to live In His Spirit Every single day Jesus is I again and do all that he's done just for us to be free on Sunday? No, I need I need him every day. I want to live free every day. I need him on Monday. I know I need him when I wake up and when I go back to sleep. I know I need him on my good days and my bad days. I need him on the mountaintop and the valley. I need him every hour. Come on, I, I need you to be free. Come on, are you free today? Come on, church, are you free? You are called.